This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. This is Behind the Rose, where Bachelor Nation meets country music and everything in between. Here's your host, Blake Horseman. Hello and welcome to Behind the Rose Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Corson, here with my buddy, as usual, Eric Bradley. And today we're talking to country singer-songwriter Colt Ford. Back in the day, my farm was a place to go. Load the truck up, hit the dirt road, jump the barbed wire, spread the word, light the bonfire, then call the girl. You may not know this, but Colt is a co-writer of one of the biggest hits in the past 10 years. His song, Dirt Road Anthem, was a number one for Jason Aldean and was nominated for a Grammy. The song is approaching 10 million sales, and you won't believe how long it took Brantley Gilbert and him to write it. Colt's been taking a break during quarantine, but we're looking forward to his eighth album soon. Here's our chat with country star Colt Ford, Behind the Rose. Thanks for coming on. It's going to be a fun episode. Yeah, man, always. I'm glad to do it with you boys. The last time we saw you, man, was here at Denver at the Grizzly Rose. You remember that uh, concert? I do remember that. Now, do you do you remember that? <laughs> Barely, man. I remember me and Ben going up on stage. I remember that. I do remember that you and Ben going up on stage. Yeah, and that was right after your uh, illustrious summer. Yeah, yeah. That you had. <laughs> that's a good word for illustrious. I'm going to use that. You see how I did that? Yeah, I mean, I twisted it all together, so it sounds mysterious. <laughs> that, was, and, that was very and polite, mysterious <laughs> and sexy at the same time. Uh, I think that was pretty much the first time we had met. But you'd know, Eric. How long have you known? How have you got long? Have you guys known each other? Oh man, it has to be about what. Forty-five years now, longer than that. Maybe, maybe last time with me and Brantley and Justin, probably four or five years at least. Yeah, that's five up at Red Rocks, years. I believe. Mm. Yeah, that's been a minute. I don't know. I'm so confused on time yeah. right now with yeah, everything. Amen, man, amen. I'm not sure where I, I do know I'm at my mom's house, but I don't necessarily know what day it is or <laughs> what year it is. Or <laughs> there's today, done, tomorrow, and yesterday. That's it. Yeah, I know what it, I know what it ain't. It ain't 2020 anymore. So that's. <laughs> Hallelujah, man. Thank God. Hallelujah. You know, kidding. So what's pretty cool that came out of your guys' relationship, though, was you meeting Ben Higgins, and then he ended up on one of your music videos. Is that right? I don't know if that's cool that I, I really... It's more really cooler for Ben, not really for me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. No, yeah, it was great. It was great. I met Ben, and, and what a what a great guy. And, and it's funny how things, you know, when you when you hang, when you you meet cool people or an established... Rela- and for me, I'm a, I'm a relationship guy. Like, I don't care what you do. I don't care if you play sports, sold a hundred million records, you know, hang out with lots of hot chicks like you do. I mean, I don't care. I mean, I just like good people. And Eric was such a cool guy. We became friends and, and that led to Ben. And, you know, then Ben, I had an idea for this video. He comes do the video. Ben ends up meeting the love of his life there in Nashville. I mean, that was the first time he'd spent any time with her. So I'm pretty much responsible for Ben's entire career. Really. really what it up to. I totally forgot. I actually remember talking to him when he was down there filming with you and him saying, he was like, yeah, I'm kind of seeing a girl too. I was like, oh damn. So man, yeah, you, that is all on you for Yeah. He met her and then he came, he was like, yeah, I didn't know why he was so excited to come do the video until he got there and I saw her. I'm like, oh, you can care less about my video. You just wanted me to buy you a ticket to come hang out with this girl. <laughs> Dude, you got to make a speech or something at their wedding. Yeah, you got to make a speech. Great guy. Great guy. It's been great to get to meet, you know, great to meet you and hang out. And me mm-hmm. and Eve talk all the time. We've become really, really good friends. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, man. That's pretty cool. Speaking about that music video, still, like, he was a teacher and you're a janitor. Yeah, well, that's, if you looked at us side by side, that's probably what you would think. 
<laughs> you probably think that if you saw us standing side by side, that guy's a janitor. You wouldn't think of the opposite for sure. <laughs> Uh, I gotta go back and watch it. I haven't seen that in a while. I watched it that night on the bus, but I gotta go back and watch that music video. Wait, what it's song is it good. again? I want people to check it out. It's called uh, "How You Lose a Woman." Got my, my, woman my, little, my little girl Scarlet wanted to say hello. Hi there. Hi. She's got Hi. that St. Jude shirt. I, say, on. I love the shirt, St. Jude. Yeah, she's got my St. Jude shirt on. So I mean, been through a divorce and everything, which everything is great. But my, I have two older kids, twenty-five, Ansley, and my son Reynolds is twenty-one. Skylar Ann is nine, and uh, so we just hanging out for a little bit. She just got out of the tub and uh, just started back to school. She's not jacked about that. Uh, oh, like in person? Yeah, back to oh. in person school. So, uh, yeah, she just kind of wanted to hang out with me. So yeah, we're just hanging out. At, we're hanging out at my parents' house tonight. So special guest on our <laughs> podcast special tonight. Yeah, this will really blow it up. Yeah. <laughs> you want to plug your Instagram handle? <laughs> yeah. Her latest thing is she just she makes all these fidget toys. Yeah. I meant and I'll go get one to show you. you go get them. <laughs> and uh, she's like, "Can we do a thing post on there? We could sell them off." I'm like, uh, "Way things are going Entrepreneur. right now. Yeah. The way things are going, yes, ma'am. Start making fidget toys. We gotta sell that shit." <laughs> Little businesswoman, I love it. <laughs> hey, man, the way things are, I'm selling whatever plasma fidget toys, whatever. <laughs> I've been trying to au- auction off dates with you and Eric or whatever. I <laughs> Speaking of actually, like, how was quarantine for you, man? Have you been making some music? Well, how's that been for you? It's been it's been hard, quite honestly. I mean, it's it's had such an effect on the music industry. And you guys know, you guys love to go to shows, and you love going out. One of my favorite places in the whole world, Honky Tonk, there, Grizzly Rose, just one of the one of the great honky tonks. If you ever get to go through, I mean, it's such a good honky tonk. It's worth taking a trip to Denver to hang out in Denver and go to a show. You know what I mean? Like it's that cool of a place Mm -hmm. and go eat at one of Eric's restaurants or whatever. But, uh, it's, uh, it's just, it's been tough, man. You know, you guys, you know me pretty good. Eric knows me real well. I'm pretty happy, uh, fun guy most of the time, but this shit has had me, I had to start an antidepressant during this time and it's just been tough, man. I mean, I've averaged 125 shows a year for over 12 years and I hadn't even done 40 this year. And, you know, I paid my guys out of my pocket for the first two or three months. And then I got some PPP money. And then after August, it's, it's gone. And these guys, it's like, they're my family. I mean, like I can be okay. And that's great. That's awesome. But that's not awesome for me. Cause my, these guys, I'm like, I'd rather go without and make sure my guys are good. I mean, my Mm -hmm. band, my crew, my bus driver, it's like, this is brutal. I mean, it's what yeah. we do. It's not a, it's not a hobby, you know, in the words of Kevin Kisner, it's a, this mm-hmm. is what we do. And it's like, I've lost two of my band members, one for eight years and one from almost wow. five years that they just had to go back. They had to move back home and quit music and try to get, do some regular work. And, and that really, that's, 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 that's hurt my heart. I mean, yeah. it really has hurt my heart. And, uh, Sure. You know, so I'm just trying to survive it and I'm re- so ready to get back to play. And I can't even tell you, it's, it's just been tough on our industry. And I, and I get that people, they think the entertainment industry and they're like, oh, they make so much money. I'm, you're right. Some of them do. I am not one of those guys. Mm-hmm. I am more like that janitor guy. I mean, I do pretty <laughs> good, but I, I'm a blue collar worker. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, I, you know, here, you know, Toby, Toby, he's one of my best friends. Toby's like, well, I, 
it don't matter. I'll just play more golf. I'm like, I know it don't matter to you because you're worth $500 million. It would <laughs> not matter to me either. Mm-hmm. But for my guys and my people, I mean, just like the Rose, the bartenders, the bouncers, the security yeah. guy, I mean, like, what are these, what do they do? I mean, this is what they do. Yeah. It's the people that nobody thinks of. Yeah. No. And I, and I, and, and it's amazing how some businesses have really flourished and then some are just being decimated mm-hmm. the entertainment business, the, the restaurant business. I mean, it's, it's been rough. It's really been rough. Well, and everybody that knows you and like, and people that know you in the industry know, like you're a hustler. Like you get, like you just said, like you're out there, you know, you're blue collar, like you get out there. So I'm sure it's, it's been harder for you than, like you said, than it has for most. But again, I'm a relationship guy, like my fans, I'm at, and I get it. And maybe some artists, it happens from just the level of success they have, whatever. I don't know. But for me, I want to know my fans. I want to talk to them. You guys, you see me there in the road, like I'm in the crowd, I'm shaking hands, I'm hugging babies and kissing girlfriends and wives and whoever else and <laughs> eric if he'll let me whatever i mean like <laughs> i mean i'm just saying i love people i love having fun and, and to not be able to do that and like they're already going well as soon as we start playing shows won't be any meet and greet i'm like wait what the hell are you talking about like yeah but that's really where we're at and mm-hmm. i'm not necessarily afraid for myself because the stuff i've done in my lifetime i think coronavirus probably afraid of me like it'd probably come <laughs> to my body and be like oh shit this is not we're gonna we're gonna get sick here so but at the same time you have to respect what's going on it mm-hmm. is a real some of these people i mean and then some of them are my friends oh that's fine i'm a yeah there's some politics involved with it sure i mean there's politics involved with football there's politics involved with the bachelor i mean i mean there's <laughs> politics involved with all i mean that's part of life but i mean it, it is a real thing people have to acknowledge that just put the day gum mask on i get it i it ain't about your freedom and all that. i mean I, I get it but if you care about other people i mean my mm-hmm. folks are i mean i'm not worried about skylar she's nine years old and great shape and mm-hmm. cheerleader and all that stuff but my dad's 85 so I can't screw around. I mean, Eric's mother's had some health issues. You cannot mm-hmm. screw around with that kind of stuff. So I'm mm-hmm. just having to, you know, I had to wrap that, you know, and just go, look, if I care about other people, I'm not wearing it for me. I'm wearing it for other people. And that's yeah. really the way I'm looking at it. Yeah. You wear it yeah. for other people. That's exactly right. Yeah, absolutely. So while you, while you've been in, you know, qu- quarantine, have, have you been able to kind of concentrate on music or have you honestly just been kind of trying to get, get by kind of thing and help the people honestly, around you? Yeah, just trying to get by. Uh, Brantley Gilbert, who, I mean, I don't know if you know Brantley. Eric Eric is good friends with Brantley. He's one of my best friends, like a brother to me. And we we talk a lot. And it's like, I haven't written much because it's like, and him and I both have said the same thing. Like, we are so used to being on the road and, ro- you know, just road dogging it. That's what, that's what we love to do. And to not be able to do it, it's put us in such a bad frame of mind to a certain extent. It's like, I don't know if I want to waste a good song idea when I'm in not a good, you know, uh, if, if you told me to write that Pharrell song, Happy, like right now, man, I might write some <laughs> dark, crazy shows. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's not what I was really going for. So, yeah, that's a good I don't know, point. I've some, but I almost had the second version of We the People, Volume Two. I almost had that finished about 85% done before this ever happened, before lockdown and quarantine ever happened. So, and even still, do you put music out now? I mean, I, I don't I don't know. No, there's yeah. no baseline. There's no, you know, you remember back in 92 when it's like, nope, don't remember this ever happening. I mean, so mm-hmm. it's it's been tough, but I've written some I've I've working on some cool stuff. I've been producing some people. 
awesome. which is super cool working mm -hmm. and, and it's fun for me for some young upcoming artists to to help produce them and try to mentor them a little bit and i think that's important you know as as an artist if you've had any success to try to mm -hmm. help younger artists or help mentor them and ask questions you know i mean I, that's important i had some folks that have helped me along the way we all have so you know yeah, that's I, i've been trying to do that but yeah. I've got some. I got some music. I, I got some new music coming though. It's gonna awesome. be. Cool. I got some cool stuff. Can't wait. That's what I want y'all, you your fans to know. I get you. You're working on some cool stuff, and I, I want to talk a little bit about your your musical influence because for those of you, the, the the listeners that know you, like you're all over the place, man. You make some different music that people love. I mean, I love your music, and you you're not really mainstream. So, like, what is your musical influence? Like, what if I know that's a hard question, but like, what would your musical influence? Be? <laughs> I meant my musical influences. It take hours to tell you every I mean like <laughs> I just I love music I'm a strange cat and I get it I mean I grew up right out around here in Athens Georgia I'm 51 years old so I'm a lot older than you boys but I meant like rap was just I meant like I'd never you know you're a product of your environment so I grew up my dad didn't have indoor plumbing till he was 18 years old I mean he picked cotton so I meant like I, my neither one of my parents came from anything so mm -hmm. they were real country came from, and so I loved old country because I was raised around that, but I, my parents loved to shag dance. So I love that. And then I, mm -hmm. and they loved Elvis. So I love me some Elvis. And then all of a sudden I heard rappers delight and run DMC. And I'm like, Ooh, what is that? I, I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, so I mean, I made a, I made a record kind of a kind of a rappy kind of record. And it was funny because my mother was the president of mothers against drunk driving and I made, it was a song called DUI and we made, I made it about, you know, not drinking and driving in 1983 maybe i meant so a freshman in high school i meant i was odd and growing up here and all of a sudden being a white kid that was one of the best high school golfers in the united states a ajga all american scholarships everywhere in the country but also an earring in my ear and could rap and all. i meant like <laughs> I, I was i was a strange kid and and i get it it didn't seem weird to me because it was just, my mom always told me, she'd always say, says, God never gives you anything he doesn't intend for you to use. And believe it or not, I mean, I, besides being extremely good looking, I was a great athlete. I was, I was a multi-sport athlete that had multi-college scholarships in different sports. So, and my dad was a baseball coach and played a little pro baseball. And so I, it's all I've ever done, but I love, but music is my first love too. So it didn't seem weird to me because it's just what I did, but I get it now. Like I look back and I go, wow, I was really strange. I'm still pretty <laughs> strange, you know, and I'd be trying to play golf or trying to play professional. You know, I played professional golf for almost 12 years. I'm on tours all over the world. And, uh, you know, most people, when they look at me, they think male model. They don't really think, you know, professional <laughs> golfer, but it was unbelievable to all of a sudden go, wow. Uh, they i'm on there trying to make a living playing golf and they're asking me about music i'm like dude we're working here i can't <laughs> i can't do a song for you I'm walking down the fairway i'm trying to get paid and vice versa you know so it's it's been fun to to kind of come full circle and merge you know kind of merge them together a little bit a lot of golf celebrity golf stuff and yeah. we got the dime resorts event coming up i understand you boys might be coming down to hang out with us and yep i think so man it's, it's looking that way with a lot of other celebrities and some, you know, guys that uh, a lot of them Eric knows very well. And, uh, and the L and with the LPJ tour, these girls, Oh my God, they're so good. Uh, so 
I'm excited. No, I, I'm excited to see you in action too. I haven't seen you play golf before, so I've heard a, a lot of good things though. I have never played in any of these events where I was getting to work on my game because I play a lot of shit. I work a lot. You guys know I'm on the road mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. 125, 30 shows a year, 40. I've done as many as 250 Jeez. one time. When I first, I'd like to kill me. I was also 100 pounds heavier. I thought I was going to die. But <laughs> for now, I've been able to work on my game a little bit and, and to actually practice. So I, I don't know what's going to happen, but none of these guys have ever seen me play the way I'm playing right now right. because, yeah. you know, people are like, why can't you beat Mark Mulder? I'm like, well, Mark Mulder's 15 years younger than me, worth $100 million, and he's retired. And he's six foot six and he plays golf every yeah. day. Right. You know, I'm like, I, what do you want me to do with that guy? I, I, and generally I'm working all the time. So it's going to be fun to get, get out there and compete at a little different level as we get into diamond. I, it'll be, they'll see a little different side of Colt Ford, uh, which will be fun. Yeah, it'd be super fun. I do want to get back into the music. Um, coming up next, I want to talk about some of the songs you've written that a lot of people uh, probably don't know that you were, you, you were one of the writers on. So we'll, we'll talk about that right after this. Let's talk about some of the songs you've written because a lot of people probably don't know, but Dirt Road Anthem, right, was your song. Yeah, Dirt Road Anthem, is, is uh, that's my song. Me and Brantley Gilbert wrote that. At the time, neither one of us had anything. We Neither one of us had a record out. Neither one of us knew that anybody would give a shit about what we were talking about. <laughs> I mean, you know, we were just... And, we, and, and it, what was so funny about Dirt Road is I was picking B up that day to go eat lunch and then we were going to meet a friend of ours mike deacle who's been kind of mentored brantley and i in songwriting and we were going to meet him to write a song and when i got there to pick brantley up he's like man i got let me do my brantley voice hey man i got this idea <laughs> and now uh, he, he he was like check this out and he started fooling around with that 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 guitar riff and he's like what do you think about this and he started singing chilling i was like Wow, that's cool. And then we sit down and wrote Dirt Road Anthem in about 30 minutes. No way, really? Wow. wow. And then we went to lunch, and then we went and spent about eight hours writing a song that I don't know what, I don't even remember what that was that we wrote. But we didn't have any idea. We just like, oh, this will be cool for you to do. And and so we go cut the song. We had no idea. I mean, that song is, you know, Jason recorded it. It's damn near 10 times platinum, damn near, what, wow. which is actually called Diamond. I don't even know. It's, it's, I think it's the biggest song most downloaded song by a male solo country artist. Uh, Cruz went diamond, which is 10 million for FGL, but they're obviously they're a duo. Mm-hmm. So it, it's been their road anthem has uh, allowed me and Brantley to, to put some concrete on them paving dirt roads. <laughs> yeah. I was say, what do yeah. those royalty checks look like? At least the dry, <laughs> at least the driveway, at least. But I mean, <laughs> we ain't gonna pave all them dirt roads because by God, we still need some of them. Amen. Amen. So you talked a little bit about, obviously you're a big golfer and everything. And then music was, was music something you kind of grew up playing and songwriting or did that come later after, you know, golf? Now music was first, believe it or not. And it's weird that people go, well, my my mom, that nobody played music. Uh, my uncle played music, but that's not really necessarily where I got it. I was just, I don't know. My mom, and I, she's got recordings of it somewhere. She would tape, you know, this is back when you record tape record stuff. I meant like, <laughs> shit, you don't know nothing about it. It's older than you are. Uh, and I would ride in the car and she would say a word, she'd say a word and I would rhyme a word with it. And that's, we would do that. And I would beat on the dash and make drum beats. And they got me a set of bongos when I was about five. And I, actually I just saw them back in my dad's man cave, these original set of bongos. My mom keeps everything. And so I got that, and then I got a drum set, and I learned to play by ear. 
Oh, wow. You know, and, and, and growing up, I just, I was just fascinated with music and I loved it. And so you get into middle school and you guys, you know, in middle school, everybody plays, everybody does band. I mean, it's part of the deal. You get into high school and it's like, okay, I'm too cool for band. Or if you're an athlete or whatever, you get in, um, like I was on, I was playing, I wasn't in, in the band, but in middle school, everybody did it. And in my eighth grade year, the new music teacher came in and he was a drum major. And so he had a kit set up in his room and me and my best friend, Neil, at the time who played keyboards, he walked by the room and we're playing brick house by the Commodores. He's like, yo, what the hell is going on? <laughs> First of all, how do you, cause all I, all he'd ever seen me do was what he told me to do there in class, which is, you know, paradiddle, right. right? Left, right, right on a snare drum. And he's like, how the hell do y'all know how to do that? And I'm like, I don't know. I just listened. We do, I just listened. And that's kind of, you know, so I just loved it. And I, I've always, I was writing songs really early and, but I love sports too. And at the time when I decided to, to go forward playing golf, I knew I could make a living playing golf. Cause I mean, the deal is if you're good enough, nobody can stop me from playing. You know what I mean? Nobody right, can stop me from playing golf. If I'm good enough, if you're good enough, you can make a living. Well, in, in, in music, you guys have been to enough shows that you've walked in a bar somewhere and went, Oh my God, that dude's the best singer I've ever heard. Or that girl's the best singer I've ever heard. And you'll go back three years from now and they'll be right there. And they'll never, you'll be like, Oh no, I didn't, you know, Joe Blow make a, they didn't, they couldn't chase it. They were afraid to chase it. Their circumstances didn't allow it. You know, the right person didn't hear them. They were never right place, right time, whatever the reason may be. There's a lot of luck involved. And so I just, at the time, I'm like, I'm betting on myself. Golf, I could control. And so I bet on myself, but I could never make music go away. So I was always trying to write songs and do stuff during that period. But the schedules do not match up. Golf, it's time to get up when that's when I go to bed now with music. <laughs> yeah. So that's so true. It's hard to get on that schedule. It's hard to get on that schedule. Like a lot of my, the guys I grew up playing with, that are out there, Jim Furyk, Phil Mixon, guys that are good buddies of mine that I grew up playing with my whole life. John Daly, guys on the Champions Tour that I'm good friends with. And it's unbelievable because in the last 10 years, a lot of times I would talk to them at five o'clock in the morning. I'm getting ready to go to bed. <laughs> they're, getting re- they're getting ready to go to work. Yeah. And, and so yeah. the schedules are very different. The other big difference is that people always ask me, I'm like, well, in music, I know what I'm getting paid before I start. And that's kind of cool. That, Golf, yeah. you don't well. You make more the higher you up on the leaderboard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. you don't know till you get finished. So that's kind of a handy piece of information. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. Right? <laughs> so, so you you kind of talked about how sometimes artists they won't get their big break or they won't the right person won't listen. Did you yeah. have that moment? Like, do you remember that moment for you? Honestly, I was more of a. This was back to the, I was just more a betting on yourself kind of deal. I was always, my mom always told me I was hard headed and she said I'd argue with a fence post. <laughs> I, at, at 35, six years old, I was, I'd quit playing golf for a living and I was actually teaching golf and teaching some tour pros and everything. And, and I just couldn't make me, I still was writing music, playing, writing songs, and I just couldn't make it go away. And when I decided to try to do this, my friends were like, you've, you've lost, you've, you've lost your mind. I mean, <laughs> at the time, you know, we married two kids. I didn't have, it wasn't like I had like millions of dollars in the bank. We were just day to day. My wife, Jessica was a hairdresser and at the time, and it's like, we just trying to get, you know, you know, do like everything else. What go to go work, raise your babies and, you know, try to be good people. And I just couldn't cut it off. And, 
And when I try, you know, and not to mention, I was also trying to do something that nobody had really ever necessarily seen anything quite like what I was doing when I came out with Ride Through the Country and Dirt Road Anthem. And at the time, a 300-pound guy in a cowboy hat, again, although extremely good-looking, <laughs> not not your norm. You know, I wasn't out there sounding like George Strait. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it's funny how it's funny how it's worked out. Here we are, you know, I've seven albums out, getting ready to put out another one. And uh, I've just been really lucky and blessed and very humbled by the success and all the people. Uh, That's awesome. I always love asking artists because usually it's a different answer than maybe what the audience might think. But for you, what is one of the, your favorite songs that you've written? Because, I mean, it may not obviously show commercially, but something you've written personally that meant a lot to you. Honestly? I don't write stuff that I don't know about, if that makes sense. I I used to call some songs, I'd call them fantasy songs or whatever. Like, and there's nothing wrong with that. I just, most of my song writing was really rooted in hold my beer, watch this, or you won't believe what, (laughs) you won't believe what Bill, what Eric did last night. I mean, you know, this, the same shit y'all, the same shit y'all do right now. I just ain't writing a song about it, but like, that's kind of where I was. So, they all mean different things to me for different reasons. I mean, I've written some very personal stuff, you know, a song like back that I did with my buddy Jake Owen. I mean, back is pretty much my life story right in front of you. Everything in that song is real. Every, every person I talk about in that song, every story in that song, in the video, I talk about my friend, David, who grew up next door to me in a wheelchair. He was, he was, he was, he had spina bifida, never walked a day in his life. And, he was just our buddy. You know what I mean? I mean, he was our buddy. He lived on our street. We went to skating. We pushed him. We went to the store. We pushed him. We played hide and go seek. Somebody pushed him. You know, I mean, it's shit. It's what we did. We put him on motorcycles and go car. I mean, we did all kinds of dumb shit, but he was just our buddy. Mm -hmm. And, and so in that video, I'm, I talk about, I'd give a million bucks if he was still here. He, he, he passed away a, a little over 21 years ago. And, yeah, I would. I'd, I'd give a million dollars. He was my biggest fan. And, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, uh, it, I'm standing over his grave in that video. I mean, and the, the director's going, I want some emotion. I was like, dude, I, how much emotion do you want? This is as real as it gets for me. I mean, this is real life. And I talk about at the end of that song, how, you know, my dad and my son are best friends. I wish it could last forever. The truth of the matter is it's not going to last forever. You have to, realize that it ain't gonna last forever and i and i talk about my mom how when i need advice she's who i talk to what am i going to do when she's not there i know eric you got such a close relationship with your mom mm-hmm. it's like you when i think when you really break it down that's super emotional for me because i'm talking about real life shit that is like mm-hmm. going to have a tremendous effect on me when when they're gone and i have to accept the reality that's the reality of life so you know, that's a songs like that are, or, you know, mean a lot to me. I, and I've written songs about all my kids. I wrote a song about my daughter when she was 16 cause she likes to ride in trucks. I wrote a song I did with Lee Bryce with my son called sip it slow. And it wasn't about drinking, although he's 21 now and he ain't scared to drink a beer. Uh, <laughs> but it, that was about just stop and smell the roses, realize it just take your time. It goes, it goes way too fast. And yeah. 
the little one here, Skylar, she ain't, she's nine, so she ain't drinking nothing but uh, juice and stuff at the moment. So. <laughs> Bunch of juice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, you, you've had an, an amazing career. What a lot of people don't know and I want to get into next is you did basically all of that independently. So I want to talk about that next. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, being an independent artist is a very cool thing in a lot of genres. It has not necessarily been the big thing in country music. It's changed a lot since I've gotten the industry. Does that like set you back from like all the radio relationships and the radio play? Absolutely. And you know a little bit about it. You're friends with a lot of artists, a lot of friends of ours. It has definitely had an... Our producer, Eddie, he's a program director at a station in Virginia Beach. Eddie better be playing my damn record. <laughs> <laughs> no, but again, it's t- being independent as a country artist, really like truly independent like there's some other there's people the labels that say oh this is independent it's like well but our distribution is through sony or this that's through warner brothers we did it all ourselves manufactured ourselves worked our own distribution ourselves honestly probably the most truly successful independent label in the history of nashville we did it all. Me and my best friend, Shannon Houchins, who's one of the smartest people in the music business. He runs the really runs the old business. Our other partner was uh, Zach McElroy. He's the CEO of the uh, Chicken Finger franchise called Zaxby's, which oh. uh, you guys have probably yeah. seen a lot of places. It ain't quite got out there yet, but it's kind well, of I eat, there. I eat there when I go down south. Blake does not. Nashville. I've been into it in Nashville. Isn't there one in Nashville? It's, it's one of the fastest growing franchises. We started this label. We didn't know. It was a crazy journey. We were told it was done. It never work, of course. And and you know, and here we are with a with all these years later, a film company and a TV production company. I'm at the last Jay and Silent Bob movie. Our my my film company did that. We got lots wow. of wow. shows going and TV shows or movies, and it's been just a crazy journey. And we've been really lucky and blessed. I mean, but independent, it's tough. It's a lot easier now because mm-hmm. especially within the last five years, so, there's so much social media with YouTube and, yep. you know, and Facebook and, and, and Snapchat and my dad will say and Facegram and Twitter <laughs> snap mom, you know, <laughs> yeah. with all that stuff, it's allowed so much success for some artists that were able to get out there with that. And the, and the younger crowd today, that's how they consume it. Like, yeah. My son's 21. If I get in his truck, he starts playing music. There's no telling what could come on. I mean, like the songs that he, I'm like that. You can't play Migos and followed by Led Zeppelin and, you know, <laughs> Leonard Skinner. I mean, he's just, I mean, it could, it'll be Justin Moore, Co Wetzel. And then all of a sudden it'll be, you know, Jack Harlow. I'm like, that don't go together. But yeah. for them, it does go together. Like, I mean, literally, and you're, you, you're a young guy, you know, I man, it's like, you just like what you like. It doesn't, you don't care if it's on a number yep. one song on the radio. Yep. If you like the song, you like the song. And that's, that's exactly and so right. I've been able to win by that. Just going, look, if I make songs that I love, there's a lot of people that think like I do and like what I like, then I'll be okay. And I tried to stay really true to who I am as an artist. And yeah. I've certainly, if you've followed my whole album career and everything, I've, I've grown as an artist. I've, I've, I'm doing a lot more singing now, a lot more. So I've grown tremendously as an artist, but I've still tried to maintain the integrity of who I am. And I'm never going to change that. I'm God, family, friends, America, hard work. I ain't never changing that. I don't care what any news station says. I don't care what any people say. I'm going to keep being that and just trying to be a good person, you know, be yeah. 
true to who I am, you know. Before, I think you could make a good song, but if it didn't get any airtime, didn't get any play, like nobody would hear it. But now, you make a good song and people like it, they're going to find it. You know what I mean? They're yeah, going to find it, they're going to listen to it, and it's going to be successful. And that's a cool thing. And he does so much in, in, in the sports world things. There's a thing with that, too. It used to be like you had to go to this school. Or you had to go to this high school. And well, my son had lots of big-time Division One baseball scholarships, and it's like – People think you have to be on this team. No, if you're good, they'll find you. I promise you. I don't care. You can be in a dirt road, back road, Cuba, wherever, the hood, the country. (laughs) If you can play, they'll find you. If there's film or content in any genre of sports, music, yeah, it's going to be on the internet somewhere and they'll find it. Right. And so now I will say it definitely has affected me from – on, from the on not being heard on the radio and for me the biggest frustration is i want to be on the radio because i grew up on the radio like i love the radio mm-hmm. my son my kids she don't listen to my, Skylar doesn't listen to the radio she listens to youtube and tiktok you hear and tiktok there you go i mean you got artists that are blowing up some of the biggest artists in the world right now have come off of tiktok yeah yep. i meant so <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> So she knew who Blake was. She knows who Ben is. Uh, like, I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, you're not meeting either one of them, so don't worry about it. But I FaceTimed, and, and she would die, my other daughter, 25, who lives in that world of mm-hmm. thinks that shit is real, you know, the Kardashians and all that. I meant like, <laughs> and uh, I FaceTimed with Beth. She started crying. I mean, like, <laughs> if I FaceTimed her with you, she would absolutely yeah. cry. These guys are like the Beatles when they walk in a room sometimes. It's like, what the oh, hell just happened? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I mean, it's a different it's, world, man. That's for sure. That's the world we live in now. So I'm trying to, you know, keep up with it and keep, you know, and keep right. up with the trends and just keep making good, the best songs I can make. Good, honest songs. I got some, got some cool stuff coming to work with, some, doing some cool things with the, some guys that's going to Hopefully, we, I'm just ready about playing. God yeah. almighty. I, I just, yeah, 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 I hear you, man. Well, I know everybody, obviously, everybody respects you so much because you did do the independent thing and you stay true to yourself. You always have. But let's say 20 years from now, 15, 20 years from now, man, when you look back on your career, like what is the legacy that you want to leave? Whether it be as a musician, an artist, or, you know, a family man, whatever it is, what is, what is, what, what do you want to leave behind? Uh, you know, we lost somebody. He was a hero to me early this year, Charlie Daniels. He was really good, good to me. Uh, spent a lot of time with him, did some songs with him. I mean, just one of the great human beings that I've ever met. But more along the lines of him, I, that's cool. I've made some cool songs. I've I've won professional golf tournaments. I've done some, some cool stuff. I've been really blessed. But I want to be remembered as somebody who was a good person who tried to help other people it, it, as you get older and one day like you'll get older uh you, you'll you'll start to look back and realize some of the things people said along the way and some of the things my dad was a coach and he's still one of the greatest motivational guys that i've ever come across mm-hmm. and some of the things he said it's funny how they come back to you years later he he would always tell his teams back in the day boys you can run around and tell your tell everybody how great you are all you want to, he goes, but when they're, re- when you're really great, they'll tell you. Mm-hmm. And, like and then the other thing, my dad is a very spiritual man and, and, and every prayer he has ever prayed, he ends with help us to be mindful of the many needs of others. 
And honestly, if we could just straight up get to that in this country, like, come on, man, we're not that different. Stop all this crazy different stuff. I want the same thing for my kids that you'll want for your kids one day, black, white, but I don't care. Just be good people, man. I just want to be remembered as a guy that was, I tried to do good. I I tried to do what I said. I stood up for people that needed to be stood up for. I stood up for what I believed in. And I made honest music. And, yeah. you know, after that, man, they're going to say what they're going to say. Ain't nothing I can do about it. But Absolutely. I just want to lay my head down at night and know that I, I try to be good to people. I try to help people when they need it. And I don't do it for them to do something back for me. I do it because I want to. And yeah. uh, try to have that attitude of, you know, that subservient attitude of gratitude, you know? Yeah. Well, I tell you what, you're doing you're doing something right. Because, I mean, everybody I know has only good things to say about you, man. Very good things. So Well, I yeah. appreciate it. I'm so humbled by the, the people that I've worked with. Again, Charlie Daniels. Tim McGraw, Eric Church, Luke Bryan, Jason Alden. I mean, it's like Run DMC, Boys to Men. How the hell do you, you know, I meant Bone Crusher, Nappy Root. Like, I was going to say, don't forget Bone Crusher and Jermaine Dupree. Yeah, I mean, Jermaine, I mean, like, how do you, it doesn't even make sense. And I realize that it doesn't, but that just shows you, you know, DMC is one of my good friends, and he always says music transcends politics and religion. Amen. I love that. I mm-hmm. love that. You want to come to my show, hang out. I don't give a shit where you're from. I don't care what side of the fence you're on. I don't care. If you want to come have fun and, and be a good person, come on. I'm I'm down. Let's find if I was running for office and people go, oh, I'll I'm a I don't know. They, they if they started digging up dirt, there's no hell way <laughs> I'd be in there. But uh for me, I'd run on common sense and finding common ground with other people. That's all, man. That's all it go. is. It's really all it is. It ain't that hard. We make it way too hard. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, man. I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited to come down to to uh, Diamond Resorts down there, man. In a couple of weeks, hang out with yeah, you. Because you you also just came right off of the senior PGA. Yeah, I did. That's enough. I, that was the coolest. So, experience so you get... you better be ready for this. Yeah, you be all tuned up. Two weeks at at the, at the course. I, I'm gonna be grinding. It's time to get it's time to go into grind mode. But yeah, I got to play in a couple of Champions Tour events this year uh, under exemptions, and that was really cool. And also, you know, you play good with all my artist friends back home, and they're like, "Man, you gonna go out there?" I'm like, "You don't know what you're saying. You don't realize how good." You know, I mean, people just don't realize how good those guys are. It's just yeah. like, you know, and, and you know, E being around sports, this guy's like, "Oh man, I could do that." It's like really is that right you think you could do that well jump on out there and you know and let somebody like vaughn uh hit you coming across the middle and tell me how much you like to think that you're really <laughs> yeah. good at that right yeah, amen man it's another level of athleticism out there so the I'm, pros I'm and everything, man. excited i'm excited to be about the diamond th- you know diamond resorts is one of the biggest timeshares in in the world a lot of that timeshare stuff gets a stupid stigma about it it's great they they are so mike flasky the ceo so focused on taking care of the people that's what he's about. And that's, that's why I love it. And being a part of it is just that it's about the people. That's our goal is to make sure the people are taken care of and create an experience. And that's what this tournament's about. It's, it's just a lot of fun and giving back charity, giving back money. There's nothing better than that. Being able to give back. That, that's the best to me. If you ever see a big blue bus wrapped in diamond resorts, rolling down the road, that's going to be Colt because he yeah. lives and breathes the brand of diamond <laughs> they've been good to me i, I rep them like I, i'm a loyal dude i'm loyal man and they've been loyal to me and i, I there, there's 
that's that's something that uh, the world could use a little bit more of. Is a little more common sense, a little more loyalty. Would you say you do more shows for Diamond or out on the road? <laughs> more on the road, probably. <laughs> but uh, right now, I play at your house if you got the money, dog. I, mean, I, I need to work. I, I'll do a I'll do a private show for Blake and E. Whatever. I need to work. <laughs> That's great, man. Well, yeah, but before we let you go, man, where can people find you? Like whether it be Instagram, Twitter, all the, all those snap, all Twitter those snaps. Places. <laughs> I'm everywhere. And unfortunately, like with the Instagrams and all that stuff, all these fake accounts, we shut down 20 of them a week and it's like, it's, you know, but I'm everywhere out there. It's got the blue, you know, look for the verified stuff. The blue yeah. You just Colt Ford. The, is that all you are? Just Colt Ford? Yeah. Just, yeah. And I, I'm at all those places and hopefully I'll be back on the road as soon as they'll let us. I'm, I'm and I'm dying. I'm, yeah, I'm ready, man. ready to go. And well, we can't uh, wait to so, see you out there. Yeah. I'll tell you that. And we can't wait to see you even perform with Toby that Saturday night. Saturday night, me and the, the one of the greatest that's ever done it, Mr. Toby Keith, is, and uh, I'm on open up for old Big Dog Daddy. So I guarantee yeah, you, yeah, man. Saturday night will be the throwdown jizzam of the year. We're gonna get after it. Oh, I'm so excited, dude! That just got me so jacked up. We're gonna I'm do it, man. To it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on. That was a blast, dude. Thanks so much for having me. I really do, man. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate the friendship more than anything. Yeah, like I yeah. said. I'm a relationship guy, man. At the end of the day, we ain't going to be able to take this money and any success and all that with us. What we're going to have is our heart and our mind and, and the memories that we've created with people that we love being with. So I appreciate y'all. I hope you have a blessed 2021. Anytime y'all need me, you know I'll turn up, baby. Thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to follow our Instagram at Behind the Rose Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, comment, like, and give us all five of those damn stars. Behind the Rose is recorded on-site at the world-famous Grizzly Rose or wherever we happen to be. See you next time, Behind the Rose.